You're listening to episode 19 of the Gracefield CEO podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Dalberry, and today I'm so excited to chat with you about mastering your own bookkeeping. And luckily, I am not the one sharing all the information. Erica Millard has come onto the podcast and talked with me about how we can master our own bookkeeping. So if you feel like you're in a place where you may not be ready for a bookkeeper and you really want to be empowered by your own numbers and you want to learn how to do it yourself, Erica is your go-to girl. So without further ado, my conversation with Erica is amazing. She is so fun and I hope you enjoy this conversation that we have about mastering your bookkeeping. Welcome to the Gracefield CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Dalberry, an online business manager for creatives who are scaling their business while focusing on what matters to them. I'm so excited to bring an honest and energizing take on being a CEO while you raise your family. In case no one has told you recently, it's possible to rock at both. Every episode will include actionable steps that will encourage and empower you to build a business that supports your family and that thrives through systems, strategy, and most importantly, heart. Join me on this journey to becoming a grace-filled CEO. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to share a story with you. I had a strategy call with someone that we had been talking back and forth for quite a while, and we knew that at some point we wanted to collaborate and work together. Well, she ended up hiring me to do a strategy call with her, and it was incredible. She walked away from that call with clarity around who she needed on her team, what team members needed to be shifted around to be moved onto the right seat on the bus, and how to be able to take more time off in her business with the peace of mind that she would be able to come back and everything would be moving smoothly. All it took was 90 minutes together to talk out some of the places in her business where she felt the most conflict and tension, and then being able to strategize around those things, think creatively around each of those issues to come up with empowering solutions for her business. If a strategy call is something that you've been considering and something that you think would benefit your business, it just takes 90 minutes of your time and you will walk away feeling like your business can be transformed with actionable steps. No worries, we will plan it all out together. Feel free to head over to the website and click on strategy call to book one today. Hey friends, today I am joined by Erica Millard, who is a bookkeeping coach. She partners with female entrepreneurs who are learning to track their business finances and understand their numbers to make strategic decisions in their business. She also has very amazing reels, so you will need to find her on Instagram after this podcast. Welcome, Erica. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So I know that I introduced you a little bit about what you do, but tell me a little bit about who you are, what your life looks like at home, what you do, who do you serve? Give us a little bit more information about that. Yeah. So I'm Erica. I currently live in East Tennessee with my husband, who is a medical student. And we have a five-year-old boy, a three-year-old girl. Actually, she just turned four. Four Four-year-old girl (laughs) due in October. Um, So almost a mom of three. And I have been, I have an accounting background and 
last year just really started seeing the need for people who are either DIYing their bookkeeping or who have a bookkeeper, but really want a better understanding of their numbers. And so that's how I became a bookkeeping coach. And so I help those, like I said, who are DIYing their bookkeeping and kind of just need that bookkeeper support in their back pocket. They don't quite need a full service bookkeeper yet, but they need somewhere to go to ask questions and then start building their basic financial strategy. So how to create a budget, how to pay themselves, all of those things that you need to figure out when you're first starting out, but you may not know where to go to get help. That is how I support female entrepreneurs. That's amazing. I feel like that's such a valuable service because so so much of like what we do is like serving the people the way that we know how to. But what we don't always pay attention to is like the back end systems or the back end finances. And so I think it's really powerful that you come into people's businesses and you're able to really help them narrow in on what the most important things are for them to pay attention to and then help them figure it out themselves. You're like empowering them to do it well. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, last year I had four people within six weeks say, hey, I don't really need a full service bookkeeper, but could you just help me? understand QuickBooks? Or could you just help me figure out a method to pay myself? And so it just started getting me thinking, okay, well, maybe there's a need for this population of people kind of in the in-between, or they may need a stepping stone until they're ready to fully outsource, but they want to understand what's happening behind the scenes. And so, yeah, so that's where I come in. And it's been really fun to help people go from feeling overwhelmed and stressed out by numbers to feeling confident and feeling like, okay, I can do this. And it's not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like uh, numbers, finances, and taxes to really make an entrepreneur feel like they know nothing. (laughs) So I feel like this this is such a good service that you offer. So what problems do you see in online business with people not managing their finances? Like what what do you see happening that your service really provides the solution to? I think the number one thing that I see is just avoidance because of that intimidation or fear. I've had several clients who have said things like, every time I talk to my CPA, I cry or they make me feel so dumb, or I don't, I just don't understand and then don't want to ask any questions because I don't want to feel dumb. And I feel like I should know this. All of those kinds of things totally make sense why you might want to then avoid even looking at the numbers. And so that is um, one problem that I see that I hope to be helping solve is just creating a safe, place to ask those questions where there are no dumb questions and that you can get simple explanation without a bunch of just like terminology that you still walk away with not understanding. And so that's one thing I see pretty often is just, like I said, that avoidance and fear of even looking at it, fear of knowing if you're doing well or not doing well. And so then kind of just sticking your head in the sand until tax time. And then it's even more overwhelming because you've waited a whole year to even look at anything. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I feel that deep. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we're probably, everybody except bookkeepers and and bookkeeping coaches, I feel like we all feel that 
that resonates. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I also, there's a lot of money mindset issues that we hear about and then definitely see, you know, I've seen, um, like I said, kind of that fear and intimidation, but then there can also be on the flip side, fear of success and fear of if I have a really good month, is it going to stay this way? Or will this making more money change me? And can I sustain that? And so it can actually go both ways of fear of failure and fear of success. And it all comes back to fear. Oh, yeah. That that actually makes a lot of sense. I've experienced some of that myself. And it's funny, though, if you have fear around money at all, it's like it doesn't really matter what position you're in. You're always feeling that fear because, right. yeah, it's it's could be fear of not making enough. But even if you do make enough, there's that fear is still going to exist, probably just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's something we have to constantly ask ourselves if we're living in that fear or working on steps to overcome it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, well, let's jump into that then. So what is the first step to overcoming that and to like really jumping into mastering our bookkeeping? Yeah, so my first tip is to figure out a system that works for you. Uh, So whether that's a spreadsheet or software, what kind of system can you actually stick with that is going to be something that you're not super overwhelmed by? So I actually recommend that it's okay to start out with a spreadsheet if that works for you and you're not intimidated by spreadsheets. Usually, though, right around, it's time to graduate when you have maybe 20 to 50 transactions that either are recurring and it's just starting to get manual or more manual type things, expenses that are more one-off or here and there, but you have to take the time to add them to the spreadsheet. Um, Right around 20 to 50 is where it may save you time to use a software instead of plugging everything into that spreadsheet. Yeah, that's a really good point. So what about software? Tell me more about that. Like what are like maybe the top three that you see most frequently in online business? Yeah. So the first one is QuickBooks. I feel like that is still the household name, especially here in the U.S. That is the software that I work with and recommend. Um, It is definitely a little more robust and will grow with you as your business grows. The second one I see becoming more popular here in the U.S. is Zero. And that one is more popular internationally, but like I said, is becoming more popular in the U.S. And it's similar features to QuickBooks, but slightly different. So I would recommend if you're trying to figure out which one works for you, both of them have free trials and also different tutorials that you can kind of check it out and see, okay, which one does it work with more with my brain? Um, Different people just click with things differently. (laughs) And so um, you can kind of see that more easily when you see the back end and tutorials. Um, And then the third one I see often, especially with online service-based business owners is Wave. And that is currently a free program. Um, My recommendation and consider some things to consider as you're trying to figure out which one works for you is to think about if you want to ever outsource your bookkeeping, 
if you can, how many bookkeepers you can find that will work with those different softwares. So like I said, QuickBooks is still the household name in the US. So you're probably going to find more options of people who will work in QuickBooks. I actually don't currently know any bookkeepers that work in Wave. I'm sure there exist, but I don't know many of them. And so that is one thing to consider is just if you want to outsource um, and you can't find a bookkeeper, you're going to have to switch to another software anyway. And so that might not actually save you any money over time if you have to work through a conversion or something like that. So yeah, so just different things to consider as you're picking your software. You may not want to do something that just works for now, but think about the future as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I think we're tempted to go with like the le- the the least amount of cost, of course, like we want to be yeah. mindful of our expenses. So we are very tempted to go to the cheapest route, but that may not be what your business needs long-term. And like you said, the cost of a conversion, not just like a financial cost, but like the cost of the stress (laughs) of a conversion, you've got to consider that too. And so I think that that is actually really wise advice to kind of, and I like what you said too about finding the one that really works with you, with your personality, with the way that you function, because- like like you said, like you're empowering people to do this themselves. So they need to be in a space where they're able to get used to it and be comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And different softwares have just different slight tweaks that, like I said, kind of work with different people's brain or feel more user-friendly to them versus others. Um, so I would kind of check out the different ones before you make a final decision on what might work best for you. Okay. So then when we figure out if a spreadsheet works best or a software, like where do we go from there? Yeah. So then my next step is to figure out a routine. So are you, what will you stick with (laughs) Um, that you will actually, that will actually get you looking at your numbers? Uh, Do you want to do it on a weekly or a monthly or quarterly basis? My recommendation is to do it on a monthly basis unless you are really in some kind of season where you're trying to make really quick, big decisions like right away. Otherwise, for most people, monthly works and even quarterly if you don't have a ton of transactions, but that way you're able to stick to your routine and you're not as stressed at tax time and just trying to do a whole year's worth of bookkeeping in one week or one day (laughs) before you file your taxes. And um, that can just create a lot of stress. So if you create a routine and you stick with it, actually, one of my clients lately told me that she did all of her bookkeeping, including her invoicing in one hour for the whole month. And she was like, this wasn't that hard. Like that is not a lot of time. And so that is my goal for most people is to just get it routine and easy to maintain and not taking up tons and tons of time. Yeah. So I feel like, so I have a friend who is always encouraging me to celebrate the small wins. So I feel like if you're doing your bookkeeping weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever, after you get done with it, like do something to celebrate. Yes. Like it could it could literally be driving down to the coffee shop and getting yourself a stupid expensive coffee. <laughs> or it could be treating yourself to DoorDash lunch or whatever it is. Like do something to celebrate that you did something that 
is out of your comfort zone or out of the norm or something hard that you learned. I don't know. Just I feel like pausing to celebrate that because for someone like I feel like I'm a left brain, right brain hybrid, <laughs> like a, a bit of a unicorn. And I'm a creative person, but I'm also like a systems person. And anytime I do something that just feels against the grain for me in my business, because it's impossible for everything to feel like it's in our realm when you're running a business. So anytime I do something that just feels a little bit against the grain for me, I always try to like take a step back afterwards, create that space, create that time and uh, treat myself in some form. You know, it doesn't have to be huge. I love that. And especially if you are, because like this, you're trying to create a new habit, basically a new way of doing things. And so especially in the beginning, those first few months or those first few times that you get yourself to look at it. I love that idea of rewarding yourself. Some of my clients will not let themselves pay themselves until they've done their bookkeeping. And that's really Mm. hard for them. (laughs) Um, So that could be another way to incentivize yourself is I don't get paid until this is all completed. And so, yeah, so something like that where you have the incentive to actually do it is a great idea. Oh, I love that. That That's a little saucy to me. Yeah. <laughs> like you cannot get paid until you've done this, this thing. I like, I kind of like it though. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it's going to get done because you've got to get paid. Exactly. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And so if you're not even sure, okay, well now I've picked, okay, I'm going to do it monthly, but you're not even sure what all am I even supposed to be doing? to maintain my bookkeeping, you can actually download my free checklist, um, which gives you six simple steps to be your own bookkeeper and maintain your bookkeeping um, each month. Oh, awesome. Okay. So I'll make sure and link that for everybody so they can have that from this episode because I think that would be super helpful. Perfect. Yeah. So, okay. What's next? What do we do after we figure out a routine? Yeah. So honestly, this is where I see a lot of people stop and they think, okay, well, I've got my software or my spreadsheet. I've got my system and routine figured out. And now I'm like ready for tax time, filed my taxes, time to like wipe my hands and I'm done with this. (laughs) But if you really want to master your bookkeeping, which is what we're talking about today, I'd really challenge you to take it a step further and start to learn how to analyze your numbers. And so my third tip is to be reviewing your numbers. Um, It's actually one of the steps in my checklist too, Um, but you'll want to either use your spreadsheet or run in in your software the profit and loss statement, which shows you all of your income and all of your expenses. And that's when you can start to ask yourself, okay, does anything in here look off? Are there categories where I might have miscategorized something? Or did I have sales that were higher or lower than last month? And did something that I did contribute to that? So did you run a Facebook ad and then your sales went up? Okay, well, that's great. Then you know that the ad is working. (laughs) Or did you run a Facebook ad and then your sales dropped? And that might not be worth spending the money on? Or do you have a bunch of subscriptions that you're paying for that you don't actually use? All of those kinds of things you can start to, when you actually keep up and maintain your bookkeeping, you can start to see, um, 
okay, this is where I can make decisions. And honestly, this is where people, I I know I'm a numbers person, but I feel like this is where it can get fun because then you are making empowered and strategic decisions instead of just like at the end of the year, looking at the year, like then in the middle of the year, you can change course if you need to, as you're looking at those numbers. Yeah. I love that actually. I feel like after you said, you know, most of the time this is where people stop and I'm like, yeah, what's next? <laughs> like, wait, what What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> and then you said, review your numbers. And I said, oh yeah, like that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so like, it's just not something that we think about naturally, but it makes complete sense that this is the way that it needs to flow in your business. And then just like paying attention. I, I feel like that's the biggest thing is just when you know your numbers, you're able to like pay attention to, you know, ways that you could cut costs or is this even necessary? I think it's also kind of powerful to be able to see everything you're paying for because I know for me, sometimes I can get subscription happy or I can get like monthly fee happy. I don't know, like, oh, it's only $5 here, $10 there. But really, when it comes down to our business, we want our profit to be as high as possible. So it's good to be able to see what's coming out versus what's coming in so that you can always reevaluate that and keep your expenses low. Yeah, exactly. And then on the other hand, I see if you, a lot of times people are just lumping together all of their sales or all their services, which isn't wrong, but it's actually more helpful to see if you can break down even by your different package types or your offering types. And then be able to see like, wow, there's a lot more people who want this service that I'm offering versus this service. Or it probably is going to take me way more sales to hit my income goal with this lower level service than if I just sold one of the higher ticket items. And so anyway, again, when you can start to look at that and make decisions on it, that's what can be really empowering and impactful for your business. But you can't do that only once a year looking backwards, (laughs) it's a lot easier to make course correct decisions in the midst of um, the different things that are happening. Very true. Yeah, I agree with that. So it sounds like, like when you're reviewing your numbers and being able to look at things, it just sounds like this would be so much simpler through a software. Am I understanding that correctly? Um, You can run these reports pretty much more simply, you can see things side by side and in comparison. You know, obviously, if you get it set up correctly, <laughs> then you can be just click a few buttons and run the reports. And it's a lot more simple to manage versus manually trying to plug a bunch of stuff into a spreadsheet. Like I said, it will hold you over. It will work for a short period of time. But over time, you'll probably spend a lot more time plugging stuff in and you it'll be harder to get into the actual review of the numbers if you're just frustrated by the spreadsheet <laughs> manual parts of plugging in a spreadsheet. Yeah. I think too, a, another point to that, an extension of that is that your time is super valuable, especially when you're running your business. And so if an hour of your time is spent or let's say two hours of your time is spent putting things into a spreadsheet, then that's two hours that you could be spending doing something more strategic in your business potentially because that's just data entry. 
So it, it also makes me just like kind of weigh the opportunity cost of that expense in itself. Yeah. And with a software, you can pretty quickly and easily categorize things. It'll automate a bunch of it too. So yeah, so you can get those reports a lot easier um, when you're working in a software. Yeah, that makes sense. So as we kind of close out here, I want to just touch on the fact that like money is a hard thing to kind of wrap our heads around in business. Like you said, there's a lot of like, there could be fear, there could be intimidation, there could be money mindset issues. So like, what advice would you give someone and through the lens of like giving themselves grace, like what would you want to tell them about approaching their books? Yeah. You know, I think just start making small, simple steps. Um, that is typically my advice for anyone who feels stuck, anyone who feels discouraged or overwhelmed. What is a simple step that you can start taking? If all of this that we talked about today is super overwhelming, or you're super far away from that, or if you realize you haven't even looked at anything for this year yet, that's okay. It's okay. We don't need to be ashamed by that. There's a lot of people in that situation. So just find the right support to help you take that next step of, okay, I am going to figure out a system for this, or okay, I am going to set a routine and stick with it and then reward myself. Or I am going to run my report for the first time and just figure out, okay, what are even my questions or what do these words mean and how do I figure that out? Um, So just what is a small step that you can take to help you get over that fear and shame and start to turn it towards more confidence? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this topic (laughs) and I love (laughs) helping to try to demystify it because there can be a lot of lingo and language that is just not necessary in this realm. And so I'm really passionate about helping simplifying it and making it not so intimidating. Well, from me and everyone else, we appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again so much for being here and sharing all of the goodness with us that you did. And um, I will make sure to link with everybody of where they can find you, but let's go ahead and tell them where can everyone find you? Yeah. So like you said, I'm on Instagram at Erica underscore Millard. Um, You can also find me. I do have a Facebook page and then it's just, I also have a website, ericamillard.com and you can go there to download that freebie as well. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erica. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. I loved it. Me too. Wasn't that episode so fun with Erica? I'm so glad she joined me on the podcast today, and I'm so glad that you were able to listen. Let me know what your actionable steps are. What do you plan to do to implement what Erica taught us today? Also, if you haven't left a review for the Gracefield CEO podcast, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review now. Until next time, cheering you on, friend.